go. Hello, everybody. How are you? I hope you are well. This is Leo Anna Thomas, Mental Health and Film. And we've got Matt Longley of Six Feet from the Spotlight. And I think I've got it right again. So that's probably a few more. You're just getting better and better I at am. it. It's fabulous. I'm learning what who what I work for and what I set up three years ago. So, yes, I'm yeah. doing all right. Yeah. And how's... It's been a while since we've recorded a podcast. It's August and it's raining right now. How's it? Is it still sunny where you are, uh, Matt? It's nearly sunny. It's not raining, <laughs> but it's nearly sunny. And Ashby, Ashby, well, I mean, it's just been a hive of activity in in lockdown. Um, we've not we're near Leicester, which isn't good, but we're not far away from there. Mm-hmm. We're too far away from there to be locked down. Um, but yeah, it's been great. It's really sunny in Ashby. We've even built a pool in the back garden. Um, well, it's a little oh, Jesus. I love the way you say built a pool as if it's like actually you like digging holes. It's you just inflating some piece of plastic, isn't uh, it? Sticking together two pieces, of, <laughs> some pieces of metal, and it took a while. No, I... it was only it took about twenty minutes. Okay, and then it took a bit while to. Fill it. Okay. Anyway, we have a guest who Leo. Who Leo's, anyway, who Leo's going to introduce? We do have a guest. We have the wonderful Emily Collin, who works at Beckt Two, as she is the negotiations officer for the London production division. Did I get all that right? Hello, and good morning to you. Hello. Good morning. Yes, you got that. Perfect. Spot on. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> nice to be here with you guys. Good. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Good Good to have you on. Uh, it is a pleasure. I will say right now, if my internet cuts out and I disappear, enjoy chatting with Matt and I'll be back. Um, okay, it great. does quite often. You're in London too, right? It does. Pardon? Yeah. You're in London too, aren't you? Yes. London-based, South London. Uh, been here for about 10 years now. So, yeah. Uh, South London, good Sunny stuff. South London. I'm moving. I'm moving soon. I'm moving to the South London. South is where uh, it's at. <laughs> south is where it's at. West London girl, moving to the South, Southwest. All good. Um, yeah. So we're we're chatting today because we want to cover some. Oh, cover quite a lot of things about Beck Two in terms of membership, trying to gain more members. This whole podcast is basically to try and gain more members, right? That's the idea. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Because what we were talking before we came on here, and we were trying to put all this in context. So, I think for the last mm-hmm. the last few years, the the industry has grown quite significantly. People have been happy working away, um, earning lots of money. Um, there's been some issues, obviously, with the mental health that we've been talking about, and a few other things, and the uh, harassment and the um, racism, that kind of stuff that's that's around. But um, what you found then is the COVID came along and everybody's not working. Um, and all of a sudden, one person doesn't have a big voice. Um, so you need to have a massive voice, um, which is all the people who are around in back to. Um, if you can get many more members, you get a bit much bigger voice and you can lobby a lot better. So that's why we wanted to talk yeah. to back to. Um, and there's a few other reasons why we've been doing some um, trials as yeah. a well-being facilitator. So um, could you... Give us an eye overview of what Beck Two are, who they are, what they do, um, Emily, and then we can uh, we can try and pick it up, pick up a few pieces from there. Sure, I can I can try to define the the moving entity, which is uh, our union. Um, so uh, Beck Two is a trade union, um, and it always shocks me. Sometimes we go into student talks, but uh, actually a lot of people. Act- don't know what that is um so i'll try and start from scratch and kind of make no assumptions about what people do and don't know Uh, and just stop me if i'm droning on too much go for it go for it uh but um uh, a trade union very very basically is a group of people who work in an industry uh who uh collectivize they work together 
they joined this body called the union to try to increase their uh, power because as many of the freelancers in the industry will know, uh, if it's between you and an employer and you want to try to you know, change anything about your contract, it's just you going out by yourself and a good percentage of the time, if you want to get something changed, you know, the, the line is like it or leave it kind of. Yeah. But when you have more people, you can obviously have a little bit more power if you were all able to say the same thing at the same time. That's the real basic um, premise of what a trade union is, that you have collective power because you've all banded together and said, you know what, we all believe we should have this, we're entitled to this, we work hard, it's fair, um, or it's, you know, it's something essential for our safety or our well-being or our ability to to feed ourselves. Uh, And you can ask for that from the employers. And when you all go together, then you have a little bit more clout. Uh, So that's the real basics of what a trade union is. There is actually also um, authority and legislation that um, is built in around trade unions. So if you are uh, ever in the position where you have to have a grievance or a disciplinary is thrust upon you or a redundancy or any of those sort of very formal employment mechanisms, then you have a legal entitlement to have representation from a trade union representative. And those people are trained in employment law and can facilitate and make sure that the employers are following the law instead of, you know, just maybe skipping things which are which are there for your protection and to make it a little bit fairer. Uh, although I have to say, in my opinion, um, legislation, employment law in the UK is not exactly on the favor of the worker, which is another big reason why I think people should join unions because it's not like uh, we have, you know, things that are really, really on the on the employee's side. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit basically about um, unions in general. Back to uh, if you don't know, it stands for broadcast entertainment. Uh, communications and theater union. So we are a varied union. We operate across uh, the arts industries um, and we work with Federation of Entertainment Unions like Equity and um, Writers Guild uh, and the NUJ. And uh, yeah, we work with people backstage in theater and behind the camera. Uh, We also support supporting artists in London. And um, yeah, so it's a varied crew. And yeah. uh, we we have a pretty good membership. We've been gaining members pretty consistently over the last few few years, over the last ten years, I'd say. Um, and our London production division has seen a massive increase, even during lockdown. Actually, I have to say that's you know, what I was going to say. Is it increased during lockdown? Have you seen it those has, go up? Yeah, quite significantly. Really, you know, lockdown's been this crazy thing. Um, COVID-19 has kind of leveled the playing field in a weird way. It's, you know, everybody's, yeah. not everybody, but, you know, a good percentage of the industry have been sort of kicked back to, to yeah. no work. And um, so it's kind of leveled things off. Um, and in that sort of space, I think we've seen people start to look around and go, right, well, maybe I've always thought about joining the union. Mm-hmm. And maybe I should, or maybe they've just gone, I don't have someone you know, I think Matt yeah. really eloquently uh, before the before we started, but to sort of um, say, you know, I don't have somebody speaking up for me. Maybe yeah. now it's a good time that I I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a uh, there's a few things, isn't there, around around that is just making sure that you've got somewhere to go because as a freelancer, you're on your own anyway. In, in a in a usually in an employment situation, if you're employed by a company, you. you 
you you've got a few more the companies are set up structured better but in the film and tv industry especially and th- and theaters as well where you freelance if you're freelance then you ha- really haven't got anywhere to go because you're effectively contracting um and you just get thrown off um or can get thrown off and what we've seen quite frequently in some of the uh productions that we've worked on or or been with or heard about is that they don't follow the law <laughs> in in a lot in yeah. a lot of ways um and somebody needs to hold them to account and that if that's not the people it needs to come from the people who are who are being affected by that to go to somewhere that's stronger than them and, and get some support yeah. yeah and even and even during this time sometimes what you found is the law is really lacking especially for freelancers it's you know, we're one of the only unions. Uh, there are a few, but uh, we're one of the. I think, I really, in my opinion, I think we we do an incredible job for freelancers, given the lack of um, security that they have. You know, if you're in a permanently employed job, you have uh, a lot more employment rights. You have security of employment. As a freelance worker who's going from job to job, you don't you don't yeah. really have any security. Nothing, I mean, you no. might be able to get a week's notice if you're lucky, or there might be something in your contract. Um, but something we saw that happened at the very beginning of the lockdown was everybody just got sort of wiped off the slate. It was just productions are shut down. Really sorry, guys. You, go. you know, yeah. Yeah. Broad, there's nothing we can do. And actually, we were really quite um, quick to try to speak to as many employers as possible, you know, the big productions and say, guys, look, this is a long haul thing. You need to give them something. These people, you know, they are the industry. Yeah. If we yeah. go away. And they yeah. don't come back because they can't afford to because they were really spurned because you didn't give them anything. Yeah. You know, there you're not no going to lose your workforce. Yeah. And actually, you know, even before lockdown, there was um, there were some shortages of of uh, a workforce. And so especially during those periods of time that operates in our favor. And a lot of the production companies did go back and say, OK, well, we'll give people two weeks. And we worked really, really hard to try to get every person if possible, uh, furloughed when they were on where they were on the PAYE yeah. um, contracts, um, and you know that was really tricky because there was no when that was when that scheme was announced there was no obligation for employers to have to pay people there was no obligation for people to have to be furloughed so it was just at the goodness of employers hearts so we we did a lot of haggling and arguing in the first uh, few months it was quite quite busy for us actually yeah. so. Yeah. So there's some good reasons to to join back to, but there's some more good reasons to join back to, which I've just on the uh, I've got I've got up the six reasons to join back to on my oh, there, nice. there you go. So we've got protect so consolidated. Yeah, oh, I'm doing all right there, aren't I? <laughs> Some, sometimes yeah. it sometimes it doesn't go like that. Maybe it's because it's Saturday morning. I didn't I didn't go out drinking last night. It was just uh... <laughs> um, you got protection, independent advice, and support at work. So. Can you expand a little bit on that uh, or have we already done that? That might be. Uh, I can touch real quick on it. I mean, if you're in an employment um, situation and you, you know, you have some problem with a colleague, a manager, you know, a health and safety issue, you can call us right away and we can give you uh, the expert opinion on, you know, if that's safe, if that should have been done, if not, 
what are the procedures that you can enact to try to rectify and remedy and make the situation better. Um, so we can do that. And that can be, you know, if there's a situation en masse for a group of people or as an individual, um, we can only represent people who are members. That's really key yeah. to say. But um, if you're a member, you can call us anytime. Just make sure you find out who your official is. And then you can usually get a direct line to yeah. them as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is this is this is the kind of main incentive as to why we're doing this podcast because I've met so many people who have I've been in who've been in issues with bullying or harassment, um, one-sided contracts. The list goes on, and uh, mentioned to them Beck two, and they're like a or I never heard of them or b yeah I don't want to be I'm not paying for that they do nothing. So I'm really this is the main incentive why to do this podcast to show that you guys do do something. And it's really, really needed and important, but it's only useful if you're a member. Yeah. So we'll get to like how much membership is a little bit later, but these are great yeah. key points think, as to why people need to be a member. Yeah, the thing I get asked quite a lot is, and, and when we've done some of the talks, and even when I do the talks um, outside of the film and TV industry about mental health, people ask, well, what if it's my boss or my the co- people who own the company who are causing the issue for me? What do I, where do I go to? And this is the answer. This is really the answer: is you have to go to an, a third party, such as a union, who can then help you and advise you on what you can and can't do. Because quite often we've found the company that we, that you're working for will not be following the law. Um, I've seen instances, especially in the last few weeks, where it's been so hot, um, and people have people have had heat stress. Um, quite particularly, have had heat yeah. stress, and there's been no risk assessment for heat, and carried on. Yep. doing film and shooting etc and there's been no risk assessment now that's breaking the law um in the in the 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 bottom is the bottom line of that so how do you then go and sort that out and that's either there's a health and safety advisor on set but if they're no good then where do you go and that's where you you go you should be able to go off to um off to the union who will advise you on what you should do which is to go and find yeah. somebody who could write a risk assessment um and get that implemented yeah everything should be risk assessed on a set like that's i I would hope that's um kind of fundamentally understood across but you know it depends on the size of a of an organization as well you know if um if people are if the managers are people that um you know managing has its own skill sets and if somebody's gotten promoted because they're good at the job that they do it doesn't necessarily mean that they've um managed to glean all the skills around all the other stuff exactly in companies management and and actually, we get a lot of members um, who are HODs saying to us, actually, we we don't have, um, we would like to have further training. We want to be able to know all the stuff that, you know, HR and uh, managers are supposed to be able to know. Because often if, in larger organizations, you'll get an HR department um, who, you know, aren't perfect but it's it's really good to have um and you know we often spend a lot of our time arguing with hr anyways to say actually you know there's there's guidance around how to do this better um so uh i think it's really important that you can keep referencing back to us because a if you don't have an hr department you know we can act as your hr and we represent you not the organization so you're going to get the best representation for yourself there um i think some people are sometimes nervous that if they if they go to back to 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 raise an issue that they're gonna i mean there's still that culture of fear they're going to lose their job or they're going to be named but it all can come across anonymously too right absolutely um i you know i i get this so much i i was a union member in a workplace before i ever became an official with the union and um you know people would come 
to my door all the time because I had, I was lucky enough to have an office in that building, um, which doesn't happen on set, obviously, usually. Yeah. Uh, Intel it does. Um, Tell it but... it's not yet. <laughs> Sometime, maybe. Um, you know, it's a resource. It's a resource for the staff, actually. Like, I would get loads of people coming in. They'd just, you know, they'd say, this thing happened and I feel really aggrieved about it, you know is that, is that okay? Is that legal? And I can sit down and I can unpack the whole thing with them and I can say, okay, look, that shouldn't have happened. This is legal. Uh, but actually this is the better way to deal with it and give them some advice about, you know, either you can take this back. So you have the power, you know, you have the knowledge now to be able to say, okay, well, I know what they should have done, what they can't do. And so, you know, People are busy enough trying to figure out how to do their job and then market themselves and get themselves their next job. They're not sitting around necessarily uh, researching employment legislation and reading the ACAS code of conduct about (laughs) what employers can get away with, right? So that's why you have us to do that. Um, But but everything anybody says to an official is confidential. So the only time we would ever act is uh, with uh, explicit agreement with the member and if we have a you know a problem across the board with more than pe- one person or even if it's just for an individual we can still sometimes contact that employer anonymously and say you know a number of crew have come to us and said x and then it doesn't have to have anybody's yeah. name attached to it so that's really important and that's one of the beauty- beauties of knowing that actually we do have a lot of members because where one person has a problem it's probably more than one person yeah. and yeah and that way we can it's sort of go and talk to the employer it's good to know and it's good to kind of reassure listeners of that because I know conversations I've had of people are like I don't want to rock the boat or I don't want my name being mentioned they feel like they can't speak but that's not true they can and it's yeah. not to go down that road and, and also just, I think it's about making just, it better for everybody yeah, yeah. And I think that's a I think that's a really um that's a good goal to have because it's not just about you know oh you're rocking the boat if there's a more efficient way for something to happen if there's a better way for people to be treated you know the productivity is going to go up yeah. that's good for the employer it is actually good for employers, for people to be union members. And it's good yeah. for people en masse to be union members because it improves things across the board. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I just, I just want to just quickly circle back around to two words, risk assessments. I, <laughs> oh, God. Been in the, just, no, 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 no. Just, just because I've been in the industry 17 years and been standby for six years or seven years, however long it's been. And um. I will like first I will like put my hands up and, and admit that whenever they came through on call sheets, A too tired to read all of those because the risk assessments when there's last minute script changes or schedule changes and that's what I've got to focus on. Yeah. So rare I've rarely read one. But what has happened recently <laughs> with, with, with COVID or with um you know, with the with the spike in mental health issues across the nation and now people speaking about mental health more and the fact that we can actually make and write uh, mental health risk assessments now as an idea to move forward which is what we're advocating for matt is working on i'm working on is six feet from the spotlight it's i think it's kind of gained a bit more attention with people just the conversations i've had on set to be like actually there's a mental health risk assessment and they're like oh because they normally just think don't climb up a ladder wear a high uh wear a hard hat and a high vis jacket yeah but if you if you can i think i think the language is changing around risk assessments when it comes to it being now including or hopefully including and working towards mental health and I think um, I think just just knowing that and engaging in those conversations with with many people and learning more about risk assessments is there's power to that. It's empowerment. It's empowering, right? Well, it's, yeah, knowledge is power. Yeah. And it's putting yeah. You're trying to put. Well, what you're trying to do is put controls in. 
So you're trying to trying to you've got a hazard, which is that somebody somebody has stress or whatever it is. That's a that's a hazard, uh, and then you then you try and put a control in to to stop that and or reduce it because um, you can't always stop it completely. That's that's the thing. It's the same. You know, if you've got to go up a if you take this five, we're going, to, we're going to end up in a flipping risk assessment lesson here. Are, Do you know what? I kind of like are, it. I think it's my new kind of thing. Well, if, if you have a hazard like height, falling from height, um, then the, the easiest way to do it, to, to eliminate that risk, is to not go up there. So, you know, yeah. when the guys come and clean my windows, they don't go up a ladder anymore. They use a long brush. So they've added another risk, which is that the brush falls off and hits them on the head. But... The, You've 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 eliminated that risk of falling from height, so you you can do that. But then going on there, if you've got to get up and fix a light or go in the gutters, there's no way you're going to have to go up and do that. Yeah. So you minimise your risk yeah. by going on a platform instead of ladders or whatever it is. It's the same with stress. You're going to have some stress somewhere along the line, otherwise you ain't going to do anything. So you have to get some stress into the, but it's got to be controlled stress. So what we would yeah. what we've been talking about when it's heat and and things like that is people get grumpy. So you can look at it from a pure safety point of view, which is we'll have water, we can have this, but there's also a mental health issue around that as well. So how do you then do that? Well, you have breaks long. You may you have breaks. The other thing that came up as well is vulnerable people. You have. You might have somebody on your set who is more vulnerable than others, um, and you can't go, well, they're more vulnerable, so they would have got it anyway. You have to take them into yeah. consideration because they're there. Yeah. Um, so you have to do something different for them. So it might be they work for – everybody works for 45 minutes in the hour and has a 15-minute break, and it might be that that guy or that person who's who's more vulnerable to heat stress only works 35 minutes or 30 minutes, and you do it that, you do it that way. Um, or you give him more break, yeah, th- yeah. that sort of thing. So there's anyway, yeah. soapbox over. I think, I think we, do you know what? I'm getting excited. We'll move on to your second point, but I think we should do actually a separate podcast that is just covers mental health risk assessment. Okay. But, well, yeah. can I just say as well on the, on the risk assessment thing, you know, we do a lot of training. We do health and safety rep training. Um, it's generally for workplace people, but we have uh, the CRISP, which is the Creative Industry Safety Passport, and that's for freelancers as well. Uh, and that's IOSH accredited. And, you know, it's really, it's knowledge is power. If you know what the assessments yeah. should be, it gives you a little bit more leverage to be able to talk um, about that with some some level yeah. of uh, authority. information. Yeah. And uh, yeah, authority, thank you. Um, and also in an ideal world, everywhere would have a stress uh, a stress um, policy. And I think one of the un- things that during lockdown, we've actually had a little bit of time to think about is, you know, um, we've been doing something called the New Deal and people have been talked to us about, right, we know that as a freelancer, we get a bit of a raw deal. How do we go back into the industry and how do we improve upon that? And so we've worked with loads of members and they've spent hours and hours of their time, um, you know, putting forth what they think they need in the industry and one of those things is you know where we don't have hr departments we need the union to be providing what the best practice should be and that can include stress policies it can it can include um you know mental health policies and i know you guys are doing amazing work i've written them all around that loads as well. of them. so yeah i've got yeah <laughs> well so, yeah. Mm, maybe i'll <laughs> I'll have to uh, we'll have to find yeah, some good examples. The law <laughs> to share. We, we kind of discussed this a bit on one of the other podcasts, but the law is quite explicit. You should be doing every organisation should be doing stress risk assessments, and and that's that is explicit in the law. So, um, you know, yeah. fifty fifty four percent of lost time uh, in the UK is caused by stress or 
anxiety or depression, which is work yeah. work plate work related. Um, therefore, it's your biggest risk to your business. So yeah. you, sh- you and you we, must be doing them. So uh, anyway, it kind of brings us back into the kind of four pillars of things, right? The intervention and prevention, like the actual just to rather rather than have, like risk ass- stress risk assessments are needed, but the prevention you need to try and stop that from happening in the first place and that is well, you, more budgets more more prep time so people can actually sit and read the damn things and not be like yeah. i've got to deal with a last minute script change here i can't even read these like risk assessments and yeah. because i'm literally have three hours sleep so that is like the whole the whole issue around culture and language is one big giant shift that's going to take years and it will yeah oh i'm going to be doing i'm going to be doing this into my 80s man I but I, I, I think I think it is like <laughs> becoming understood across the industry. You know, yeah. like we did um, a lot of work on an or, on a campaign called Eyes Half Shut. Um, yeah. I think it started about two years ago, and it was predicated on the uh, well, it was predicated on a survey that we did of our members, um, where they said, you know, the hours are excessive; they're too long, and they are having negative effect on our health, on our well being. And on productivity. And that's really important for employers to take note of because where people are stressed, where they're working so many hours that they're not sleeping properly, productivity diminishes, safety on production diminishes. Those things are essential to getting a job done and getting it done well and cost effectively. So it does pay to invest in those sort of things. And that's really important to know, I think. I'm glad that's been said by somebody else other than me. That's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's studies on it. I know, you know? Honestly, like, and all there's, sorts there's of other people. proper data on yeah. it. Oh, shit, you, yeah. you show millions, there are hundreds of studies on it, and, yeah. um, even, yeah. and safety as well and things like that. So anyway, we shall go to the yeah. second point of yes. why you should join. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, this is going to be the longest podcast we'll ever. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we will pay your legal fees. So what... Yes. Okay. So it's not carte blanche. We don't pay like, you know, whatever (laughs) legal fees you have. But if you have uh, if you have an employment issue, you come to the union um, and we've assessed it and we've gone. Yeah, you have a case. You've been discriminated against or, uh, you know, what have you. You've got a case. Uh, If you have to go to employment tribunal, which is the um, court where you can basically uh, try to remedy something that's happened to you where it's employment based. uh, and in contradiction to legislation, then we provide the solicitors. Our t- solicitors, Thompsons, are very good, um, uh, and we will support your case. Uh, and that's our that's our cost. That's included in your fees. That's you yeah. know, that's uh, we and we bulk buy insurance in the same way. It's that kind of okay. thing. Um, the other thing that we do is uh, personal injury claim. So our solicitors will also deal with personal injury claim. If you have an accident on set um, and you're a member, you call us and they deal with that. And they're quite good at getting um, getting payouts yeah. and wow. making sure that people have been taken care of where there's been an accident. Um, and that's really quite straightforward, actually. You don't have to deal with it. You just talk to the solicitor. You give them all the information and then they kind of run with it for the most part, is, is my understanding yeah. of okay. it. Okay, great stuff. Um, third one, we'll save you money. Yep. Uh, so we save you money in a number of ways. We save you money because if you are a union member en masse, uh, our union members um, probably get paid more because we invest in them in 
in a number of ways in education, but also we do a lot of training things on how to negotiate your pay rate. Yeah. We also have our rate cards on the website, which anybody can access. You don't have to be a member. We hope you will be one, um, but anybody can access those so that you can understand what the going rate is and try and make sure that you're um, pegging yourself to that uh, amount or trying to get higher. Um, so our members tend to negotiate higher because they have a little bit of confidence about that. Um, and also we have a number of benefits on the website for members. So you can save money on your car insurance on, um, I think there's electricity. Uh, and, you know, I think if you go down the rabbit hole, you can get like loads of discounts on your groceries and all sorts on insurance, et cetera. But there's lots of ways to save money as Good well. Stuff. And, and on training. So if you do any of the training courses where they were offered to non-members, you get a discount on those as well. Okay, good stuff. Um, we'll support your career. I suppose that's partly the development stuff as well, isn't it? The training and development side of things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do a number of um, courses on promoting your online self um, because you have to sell yourself as well as being, um, you know, doing your actual day job, uh, how to do your CV clinic. Um, if you're a creative, we do uh, writing um, workshops as well. And uh, yeah, a variety of things for that. I could do one of them because, yeah, there we are. They're great, yeah. Um, and I'm a, yeah, I am a member, so I could go and do one, couldn't I? Ah. Do yeah. it, do it. Uh-huh. I got yeah, I got involved in trying to develop a film a while back, but it didn't really go anywhere. It was it was. It, 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 <laughs> well, it was, you it know, was, you could try again. It was brilliant. While we were stood, I was stood in the side of a football a football pitch. My lad was about at the time about eight, and we were watching him play football. And the guy I was with was a scriptwriter, and we we started talking about this film. And we we it was it was great while we were stood there talking about it. Then we wrote it down. And we went, yeah, not quite right. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, we do have a writers have... director's branch if you want to uh, connect yeah, to any that'd of them. Be, for, that'd be good. That'd be a good idea. I have a, I have a, I have a feeling that's in your in your that's your in your fate in your desk that's going to come back round you know, again it might do yeah well, i've got i've got an album of 25 songs to release yet but unfortunately i, I oh, my oh, my singing's not so good and some of the songs are rubbish i wrote them years and years ago but anyway fingers <laughs> in so many pies yeah, i'll try anything i'll try anything um yeah. we can negotiate your pay terms and conditions yeah so uh we can help you negotiate your your yourself as an individual um we often get people saying you know this is my contract what do you think and i'll say look that term is rubbish but what you can do is you can redline that go back and you could say this if they don't want to go for that you could offer them this option so you know we can give you some some pointers as an individual but the biggest thing that we do which positively affects the entire industry in my opinion is we collectively negotiate with employers so um, people may be aware that we've now been able to get two collective agreements with the uh, employer um, agency pact and they represent productions um, yeah. and so we've got the major motion picture agreement and we've got the tv drama agreement and those two agreements lay out the basic minimum terms so you don't have to go in and haggle about you know this that and the other thing try and nickel and dime kind of thing yeah. you have a basis that everything has to meet you have a basic standard across the board so that's how we uh on mass improve the terms and conditions for lots and lots of members because if anybody works on those productions they are working under those agreements yeah. you're working under the, agreements the, negotiated is, by our members yeah that's brilliant. Is the idea to roll that out as, as much as possible across as many productions and to make that a standard across the board? Is that the kind of aim? Yeah, definitely. So uh, so at the moment, so the agreement is with PACT. So any production that is a PACT, uh, signed up to PACT, they, and uh, so the major motion picture agreement is, uh, I think it's 30,000, 30, uh, 30 million and over. 
Um, yeah. And uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what the TV drama criteria okay. is. So, but there's qualifiers. It, quite a lot. it does. But then you know that exists, and it's something which everybody is kind of used to working to. And as much as possible, we encourage other employers to use it because if it becomes a basic standard, two things happen. Employers have to don't have to waste their time trying to haggle every single contract with people. Um, you can still do that as an individual. You can still say, well, actually, I think I, you know, it doesn't necessarily touch on rates, so you can negotiate your rate. But if there's something else specific, you, you know, if it's not a packed production, you can go and you can argue for that. But if, um, but if there's a standard, then em- employees and workers they kind of know what they're walking into as well. There's a general expectation and understanding, and it really, um, I think, it streamlines everything because you don't have to have all the sort of misunderstandings about well, I thought we were getting X, blah blah blah. Yeah. Because it's all written down, and once it becomes common vernacular, people get mm-hmm. used to it, and it becomes an accepted standard. And then we hope to improve upon them. We do uh, try to renegotiate, or you know, if there's areas where there's a little bit of confusion around a clause, we'll go back to pacts each year and we'll say, look, actually. This isn't working for us. They may have some things on their wish list too, uh, and then we'll try and talk through those and, and make it as as good as possible. Yeah. yeah. So that that in and of itself is it works for both sides, isn't it? And it makes it just clearer and eliminates a lot of stress and confusion with like figuring out what the hell it is that you're reading. Yeah. And I think um, just as we're talking about contracts, the, one of the hardest things I find in the industry, and there's many, <laughs> um, and there's lots of there's lots of joys and wonderful good things as well, but um, contracts. I, 17 years of working in this industry, I have rarely received a contract at the beginning of a job. I receive it on the last day, the last week, in the middle. And I think some people, I don't know if there's a little moment we can talk about that now in terms of what rights do you have (laughs) if you haven't actually signed a contract until you've done your job or in the middle of it? Like people feel like, well, what can I do? I haven't got, what's happening here? I I definitely think that to receive it on the last day, and I've heard so many people say this, um, where they said, you know, I was told I had to sign this on my last day. And they, you know, they've threatened to not pay me or that I wasn't allowed to do yeah. that. And that happens to, often that happens to me more um, junior um, staff in my experience. Uh, yeah. But it's not terribly uncommon. Um, I think that's a bullying tactic. Yeah. To, it, it, it's, no, I don't think it is. It's it a is. bullying tactic yeah. to put a piece of paper in front of somebody and say, you have to sign this. You have rights in this country, right? You don't have to sign anything. Like, ever, you don't have to ever sign anything. You always have an option. And that should always be made clear to people. Um, Now, you know, there may be consequences of not signing that, but you don't, you don't have to debate that then and there. So the the really good news is, as of April this year, uh, there's been legislation where every employer engaging a worker has to give written particulars of their, uh, of the engagement of the contract. So, everyone is that, like, be... is that like a deal memo is yes that what you yeah mean, like exactly right. okay. yeah so it, it doesn't have to be a, a deal memo per se it just has to be written terms outlining what the agreement is so it has to be your pay it has to be generally the hours you're going to work you know the the sort of core um stuff and then they can send you know a more detailed contract later but whatever they want you to sign up to and agree to in advance this the basic structure should be communicated in advance. And so that's now in law and that's really, really helpful. So if on day one, you haven't gotten that, you have a right to go and ask for that and they should provide it. And if they don't, legally speaking, there's still a contract in place. It's 
just that you don't have it in writing. Um, yeah. And so the way our, our, our court system operates is when you start working for somebody, if there's a, a deal, if there's, a, if there's an agreement to provide services or to work and for money to be exchanged, that's a legally binding contract and you can go to court and you can try and enforce that. Problem is, it's not worth the paper it's written on if it's not written on paper. Yeah. <laughs> Even a text or an email will be... Uh, sufficient to be able to prove your terms. Um, If you're working in the middle of the production and you get your contract and you're like, whoa, 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 this is not what I agreed to. I did. I had no understanding that that's what I was. You can, you can go to the employer. I mean, first of all, call us because we can talk you through, through it. First of all, become a member. So you can. Yes. (laughs) You can call us as if you're not a member and we'll say, that's great. That's oh, I sympathize. You know, can you please join and then call us back? Um, But actually, just while we're on that, to say, if you do call us with a pre-existing issue and you're not a member, it's like calling your insurance company the day after your house burnt down. You know, like you can't yeah. get covered. You can get coverage for something that happened beforehand, but there's a big, big fee. You have to pay a year's back fee plus a load because basically we want to deter people just calling the union because it's a, it's a large amount of our resources and it's not really fair to yeah. people that have been paying in for, you know, five, ten, like you know, 60 years. Yeah. Um, if you just rock up and then suddenly you get an official to support you with something yeah. and you know, we, we will do it because we want to help people. And that's the main core of our, of our, but the idea system. is pay as soon as possible, pay monthly, and then you're covered for all of this. And you, yeah. 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 And then you can call us about something, you know, small, you can call us about something big, whatever you have us at our, our at our, at your disposal. Yeah. At our, at your disposal. disposal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um. I think I. I think I. Uh. I think I probably strayed off the original. Yeah. Sorry. I think there, I. But, uh... Yeah. Sorry. I think I interrupted you. I apologise. Yeah. Oh no. 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 That's fine. Sorry. It was about contracts, wasn't it? So um. The other. The other thing is job descriptions, yeah. isn't it? And things like that. So that. That's. That's slightly different because it's in health and safety law, as you should know what you're doing, um, mm, and that yeah. sort of thing. So um. It. it, it we could get, we could do another podcast on employment law for you, Leo, and uh, contracts because uh, yeah, that's kind of my background. So. I kind of find it fascinating. I have to say, it's it's. I feel like I feel like I feel like a bit of a nerd. I'm becoming a nerd, and I love it. Well, you, it's kind of I'm, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think we're probably. It's I think power. It's, it's power, isn't it? Well, you, yeah, it is. It's empowering. You understand what you can do and what what what's wrong because that's quite yeah. often you find mm. that i mean do you know you see it quite often is people don't do things correctly and they think they are because yeah. they've got a little bit of knowledge but they're not because the, um they've missed something so it's quite it's quite an interesting uh, how how it makes me feel right now is is and it has been ever since doing this advocacy work in the especially since lockdown these conversations and knowledge is power make me feel like i can properly set some boundaries and it's not personal yeah and yeah. it's like, this is a boundary. It's not against me. This is the law and this is what you should be doing. And it makes me feel like I have more of a voice just knowing that. Yeah. And That's then if great. I don't know, all the, if I don't know all the details, come to Beck too or ask somebody yeah. else. But it makes me feel like, okay, we, there's some healthy boundaries I can set here. And I know that this is not a personal thing. Yeah, well, we, We've yeah. done that quite a lot on this production. You've been trying the wellbeing facilitator on, haven't you? There's, there's mm. things there that mm-hmm. you come to, to us or to myself and a couple of other people. Um, to ask about we've been able to give you some advice as to how to go back and solve that issue in a in an amicable way yeah. without causing problems and that's that's what it's about is because health and safety is is one thing and mental health falls into that category it re- honestly it really does from a legal point and it's not considered so when you when you yeah. go out and work 
you, you've got to put, you've got to put it in there, and that's what you're trying to do. So you get that back, and then there's all the other stuff that you can do. So it's 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 about you you learning. You know the stuff you're you're doing your aromatherapy oils and your, your incenses and all all that sort of stuff to calm people down. But there's also then what should be done. Mm. What what should be done yeah. a to prevent that in the first place, and b what happens if there is an issue? Where do you go and what do you do? And that's kind of what you're building up in the background. So that's that's you learning. And the, exactly, and this is what's great about the trialing of this well-being facilitator. And I'm two weeks in of a five-week shoot on an independent feature. Is that yeah? When people are on set and they're stressed and they're running around and you've got you know, trying to set up your lights and your camera and the boom and makeup and costume and there's something there's something changed in the script and then actually we're changing location. They don't have time. I, you don't have time to think, hold on a second, is this legal or what's happening? So having the role there could be an extension of like keeping observing about what's going on. And that's what's going to come in time is that bridging that gap of this is the role. When can I have, uh, no, I, when can the role itself have the um, position and the authority to be like, step in? Yeah. This Precisely. is not what's right, right yeah. now. And, and that's for the crew because, and that's directly to the line producers, directly to the production managers. And that's what we're going to build on. And that might take some time, but it's really empowering to know that that is going to be part of that role. I can feel it just in the two weeks of this shoot. It's going to be a bridge to help every single crew and cast member on that set who are too stressed out dealing with their present moment to to just step in and be like i got your back you know this is this is and then keeping an eye on people need, and helping people you need somebody That's to brilliant. hold people to account as well which is where, where yeah. the union come in in the end so and which is where we're going to connect those two together and yeah. change the world anyway now. So, yeah. so we've got one one more of the six to go. We're on forty minutes. So, okay, one more of good. the six to go, which is huge discounts on public liability insurance. So, can you say why people would need public liability insurance and why they need a big discount on it? Yeah. So, public liability insurance. Um, whenever I go to trade shows, this is like one of our biggest selling points, and uh, it's. It's when I was a member, I got it because I, I got asked to do something really bizarre on a on a production. And I was just like, uh, I'm just going to call and get some insurance before I agree to this. Can you just wait before I sign that waiver, please? Yeah. Um, and I was I just got really nervous, you know, and it's it, it was just really nice to know that that was there. Uh, so it's it's kind of what it says on the tin. It's public liability insurance. So if you're working on a production and you're um you know, if you're handling uh, equipment and, and something happens where um, uh, somebody's injured um, uh, or I think it's public property or, or people yeah. um, and, you know, <laughs> that could be a big lawsuit. So basically we bulk buy it for all of our members across the piece. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not included in your membership. You have to purchase it on yeah. top because some of our members, you know, working in front of house on a theater might not need it. Uh, but mm -hmm. if you're backstage um, operating a boom mic or something, I, I don't know, you, you might do. So um, you can get it at a discount rate uh, because it's bought on mass from our providers, Hensilla, and uh, the, the payment for it fluctuates a little bit every year, depending on how many claims there are. So if somebody breaks an LED screen at um, a really big venue, um, and there's a, a couple, <laughs> there's a 10 million pound payout, which is what it goes up to, um, then it, the the cost might go up a, a pound or two the next year for, for everybody. Uh, so it's, it usually floats around 35 uh, pounds. I think it possibly might be about 38 yeah, pounds this year. Sporty, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very affordable. I've seen people buy 
insurance which covers a, a lot out, less. That's just that's yeah. a, that when, when we put these into me we, or maybe we'll, we'll talk on to this we'll talk about memberships in a moment and but that's but when you think about breaking it down and like going out for a pizza and a glass of wine or a coffee or something yeah. you know it, it's 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 just it change, it's just a simple shift in lifestyle to like think maybe I'll go out less this week I mean you I don't think anyone should be going out right now anyway, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it'd just be like eliminate a part of your lifestyle once a month to cover yeah. the membership, which gives you all these rights. Yeah. And the thing is like, we've, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to scare people, but like we've seen it happen where somebody doesn't have coverage um, and you know, they've lost yeah. their homes. It's and then you realize terrifying. they, Oh, I want to be a member. But like you said, yeah. it's too late. You're yeah. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. So it's really important to know you can, you can buy that only as a member um, and you have to keep your membership up to date once you have it for that, uh, for the coverage to continue throughout the year. Uh, it runs um, May to uh, May to April. And uh, yeah, so you buy it for the year. And often if you come in at the end of the year, we're, we're usually selling off the, um, the last bits of it, like in the last month. So if you, you know, if you're like, Oh, it's uh, February, you know, I need some insurance, contact us because, you know, you might, you can get it for free if you sign up or something like that. That's not guaranteed, but obviously we, tr- you know, yeah. if we've got spare ones of them left, then we sell them off yeah. to try and get people in because we want people to be members because it's good for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we come to the nitty gritty of how much does it cost? The nitty gritty. And I, I know the it- first year, <laughs> I know the first year, so it's £10 a month for the first year um yeah or i think even if you're unemployed it's five pound a month is that right or is that not a so we we do have um during this whole lockdown we were running a covid rate for a period of time um which was the same as our unemployed rate which is five pounds a month if you join on the five pounds a month you genuinely have to not have a job we won't cover you for like if you if you call us and you're like oh i have an employment (laughs) issue i'm like hold on you're on the unemployment rate so you know (laughs) it's a bit of an honor system but we trust that you are paying the correct rate so uh but but normally we we do a ten pounds a month for the first year, uh, and then after that year it goes up to one percent of your um, annual income. So if you earn a little bit more, you pay a little bit more. If you earn a little less, you pay a little less. It's how does that get how does that get monitored? Is that an honor system as well in terms of being telling back to? Oh, actually, this is how much I've earned this year. Otherwise, it yeah. stays the same. Yeah. So if you work in a workplace, for example, if you work in the BBC, um, uh, then we do something called checkoff where you can get it deducted from your salary. Uh, and so the employer operates that and they just send us 1% of whatever your salary is that year. Um, and yeah. uh, so that just comes off like like anything, um, like tax kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and if you're uh, a freelancer then we ask you to tell us how much you're earning if you if you earned you know uh 80 grand one year and then the next year suddenly you were only earning 30 grand for whatever reason you know you could call us and say hold on i have to amend my rate but vice versa we hope that if you know we hope that our members are earning more that's part of what we're trying to help them do to earn a living yeah. um, and so we hope that they will call and inform us of the update uh, and we do get in touch every once in a while just to sort of say you know is this still the right rate yeah um, but it so, is a so little what, bit of an honor system but yeah but yeah, yeah. So, so whatever rate you start out with that's what you'll be paying monthly until you until someone contacts you to say actually I've earned a lot of money this year and if it then goes down you say actually I've earned a lot less this year and you just keep fluctuating is that right yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, so we we hope that our members are keeping uh, in touch with us, anyways. Yeah, um, you know, if you haven't spoken to us in a while, feel free to yeah. get. So it's really, touch. It's really uh, but our membership affordable. department will deal, deal with that. 
I think so. And I think it's fair because it's a percentage, right? It's 1%. If you, if you, we, if we get you a 1% pay increase because we talked to you about a rate card or how to negotiate your rate, then we've paid for ourselves. If you, if you get a discount or if you have the insurance to cover yourself, it's paid for yourself. It's paid for itself well over the 1%. Um, So I definitely think it's worth it. I was a member before I worked for the union and I was happy to pay that 1%, you know, like seeing that come off my pay slip, I felt secure i felt safe i felt protected um and so hopefully you know it's not seen just as an expense but as an investment and it's dead easy to join it's so good because i know i don't sorry i just said it's dead easy to join too it takes five minutes on the website i did it the other day and it's dead easy yeah yeah so and and you're not locked in it's not a phone contract it's not like you have to stay for x period of time you know if you change industry or suddenly you're like I'm really not down with this for, for whatever yeah. reason. First of all, talk to us. So hopefully we can improve the situation. Uh, yeah. But second of all, you know, yeah. you just call membership. Yeah, brilliant. It's so refreshing to have this conversation. It really is. And like people listening, I hope that you do become members because it, it is more people that allow the voice and we're all going through the same issues, regardless of, uh, regardless of color of skin, regardless of gender, regardless of role there are issues that affect us all that we can get help with and when it comes to contracts and rates and like law and health and safety and um, everything we've spoken about in this podcast it covers everybody and it can help everybody and it's the more people that are there the more power it will have so and that's when the industry really will start to really shift and change it's it's um yeah, yeah go back to <laughs> so uh, i I have to say, like, you know, I'm uh, a little bit of an idealist. And I, as I, as I've said a few times, I was a member before I became uh, employed by the union. And I'm just such a big believer in it. I genuinely think that when people work together, one, I think everybody wants to work well. I think they want to do their job to the best of their ability. I think they want to, they want to feel that reward. Um, And when you can work together collectively with with a union and your colleagues because it's it's the members you know it's it's them telling us what they need what's going to make things better for them what's going to make them able to do their job better what's going to make everything work more streamlined and i just think everyone wants to have that optimal level of work and if we can get a really good strong density of membership we can help people do that for themselves and that's that's so so satisfying such a great goal to think to have and in regards to anyone that can join, it literally is to any role in theatre, film, TV. Yeah, yeah. So we've, we've got any, uh, role, any role, any role in anybody in terms of how much money you earn. And it's, yeah. Yeah, we've got six different divisions covering uh, all forms of entertainment and communication. You know, we cover people in BT, in BBC, um, in. Uh, theater cinema um even working front of house um all the way up to you know uh, the writers the directors and producers branch yeah. and you get grouped by branch so that you can talk to people doing the same craft as you and you guys can say look we all have this problem oh why don't we do this together and i've seen some brilliant work from our members where they get together you know you have a branch committee which is your elected representatives and they have gotten HODs into a room and gotten them to say, actually, we're all in agreement. Why don't we just start doing this thing that makes sense? And, you know, it's actually really incredible to watch and it's all down to our members. I, you know, I really have to give credit. That's what a union is. It's our members talking to us and us 
facilitating that improvement and that and that it gives you a voice at work yeah that's what we yeah. do yeah good stuff and sh- yeah and shout out to the the art department branch branch which is what i'm on and yeah. they on the committee for there They're as brilliant. well and, and on the um equality and diversity division subcommittee as well i'm also a rep on so and I also just... give a shout out to the art department branch because I used to work there with you them. Go. There you go. I'm going to give it. Hi guys. I'm going to give a shout out to the medical professionals holding group. Whatever that. Yay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> go, go, Paddy, who I think is still on holiday celebra- yes, celebrating. Celebrating. He's great. Celebrating Liverpool's win in the Premier League. Well, well done, Liverpool. Way. Beat Sheffield United twice. That's no yeah. good. Good stuff. Yeah, next and next season. And there really is great. They're... It, there really is great stuff happening in those branches, yeah, and all the working groups that come off it in terms of covering welfare. Everything we've spoken about is covered. So please, if listening, don't even don't even hesitate. Just sign up. And like 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 Emily said, if you think it's not working for you, well, once you get active and you know, there's so many sessions to watch on Zoom now and get involved with so many people yeah. in your branch in your department, give it a go. It's like it's a couple of coffees a month, yeah. you know, and and just what what's what's to lose and yeah. you know so many people i've met on set are just complaining or worrying and it's like well my first question now is if you're not a back to member unfortunately they, you don't have a voice yeah. and isn't that shit isn't that doesn't that feel isn't that hard you want to have a voice we want to all be in this together so 10 pound a month and, 20 pound a month like or less and fluctuate just it's it's nothing and the, Go for the, it, please. the other thing i just want to say before we do sign off because we're at uh, 52 minutes now yeah. is um that I have heard of productions that don't like employing people who are members of Back 2. That is against the law. Uh, it's part of dis- it's discrimination and bullying, in effect. Um, and so, um, and it's whether you're a member of a union or not, um, then that should not preclude you from being part of any production. Yeah, it's yeah. confidential. People aren't really meant to ask. Um, it's illegal to discriminate against anybody based on trade union membership. So whether you're a member or not a member, you can't sort of say, well, we won't give this to non-members as an employer. Um, and, you know, you can't ask people, are you a member? And therefore, I'm not going to give you a job because that's illegal. And it's confidential. It's your own business. So you can lie. If you yeah. think they're going to be funny about it, you can say, no, I'm not a member. It's not. Yeah. You can't check. We don't tell anybody. That's your private business. Yeah. Only you have a right to tell people if you want. Yeah. And so the idea, just to quickly touch on that last comment, Matt, is people, any productions that will say we're not hiring you because you're back to. Yeah. A, it's illegal. And well, please do tell us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, but if, but if that's happening, that's basically that production knowing that they're going to take the piss basically and they don't want to get called up on yeah, it right yeah. just to kind of make I, that very black and white yeah i have I, yeah well we'd be happy to have a a, a, a conciliatory conversation with them yeah okie dokie yeah anyway right yeah. so thank you emily is there anything else we need to cover before we sign off or have we covered i think we probably covered quite a bit though we probably covered almost everything there's nothing that i'm sort of dying to say the only other thing is you know once you do become a member please do get involved yeah, as much it. as possible check out the website call us call us just say hi to your official say hi mm-hmm. anything i should know anything going on do go to your branch meetings you should get emailed about them uh they happen uh, they're meant to happen uh three times a year some some do it more yeah. um so get involved we do a lot of networking stuff it's great get to mm-hmm. know people in the industry you know and it's, it's, e- it's easier now than ever right because of the whole world being on zoom there's a lot more happening and meetings happening on zoom get so more yeah. than being in person so it's actually more active right now yep that's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so the website is beck2.org.uk. 
and uh, we'll put a link underneath like any posts that yeah. we do on this as well and tag tag you guys and yeah and just yeah there we go and you've got now some mexican food and drink to have haven't you leo because it's your yes yeah, my 39th birthday happy, today happy birthday, happy birthday to you <laughs> nice happy birthday, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah last one of your 30s yep. life begins next year I know. Yeah, there you go see Oh, it's yeah. Well, it feels good. Yeah. I woke up today feeling really good, and I have been. I feel really blessed recently, and very fortunate, and just enjoying to have some Mexican food, making some homemade margaritas, and watching Nacho Libra with my family. <laughs> I, I'm happy. Nice. Yeah, but thank you for your thank you for your start to your weekend as well. Uh, I'm really grateful for yeah, you both you. just doing yeah. this as well. Thank you, thank you so much, guys, for having me on and for facilitating this conversation. Um, obviously, I'm yeah. I'm you know hopefully speaking out there to everyone and people will listen and go oh maybe it's time i, I joined yeah. and just go to that yeah. website and so thank you so much guys uh and hopefully we're all going to be making this industry better when it when it gets kicked into full gear again Pleasure. absolutely absolutely right then. we're uh yeah take care of yourself everybody i was about to say happy birthday happy birthday to <laughs> everybody, everybody. Uh, happy birthday to you <laughs> yeah. yeah take care everybody be well uh uh we'll stop recording then stay online but yeah take care everybody be safe, be well, and watch this space. Big changes happening. Thank you, Emily. See you soon, everybody. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.